Nicole and Brittany, and together we're here to help you figure out what's right for you in your wellness in this fast-paced world. So welcome back to the podcast. This week, Nicole and I are going to dive in to talking about five element theory, which is a part of traditional Chinese medicine. And hopefully by the end of our episode, everybody will have a pretty good understanding of what it is, how they can implement it into their life. And really, it's all about taking stock and implementing these self-care rituals, routines, and practices. And five element theory will really dive into looking at how things work in nature and then trying to mimic that in our own lives. But before we get started, Nicole wanted to share with us a little bit of mindfulness activity. So we'll get right into that. Yeah, so I think it's important um, every day to have some type of mindfulness moment, whether that be just kind of like looking at the sunrise or the sunset and kind of taking stock of how we're feeling in that moment. Um, And something I like to do, try to practice it at least once a day, whether it's during my journaling or if I'm staring at a sunset or, you know, just taking a moment for myself and doing some deep breathing is thinking of things at least one thing that I'm grateful for. I know I like to do three things. I don't know about you, Britt. Um, it kind of really forces it. Like, well, I feel like everyone can think of one thing pretty easily, but it's really hard to like think of three things that you're grateful for, especially if you've had um, a rougher day. So I just want to do that today with you, Britt. And I'm going to say like one thing I'm grateful for today. Um, and for me right now, I'm kind of like in a, Um, transition period of my life and I'm just super grateful for my family that I'm able to stay with Um, my sister right now I'm staying with her and her husband and um, my other sisters live in the same town so I'm able to see them every day and they're all supporting me in what I'm doing and supporting me and studying for my boards and transitioning on into the next part of my life so that's what I'm grateful for today how about you Brett? Um, I love this, and I really try to implement that each day, too. Today, in particular, things that I'm grateful for um, is my body being in good health, Mm. my dog and cat, so we could just say that as one because I can't pick favorite, (laughs) and also sunshine. Yes. Um, We both live in upstate New York, so I think we appreciate sunshine maybe even more than um, some of the other people out there, but... I've just been really energized by the sun and I feel really good getting outside every day and and just having more motivation. Yeah. And that kind of goes perfectly into what we're talking today because sunshine is a huge part of why we feel good. Um, Not only in Western medicine because of vitamin D and that's really good for your brain health and uh, mental health and stuff, but it works into five element theory in Chinese medicine and a huge player in yin yang theory, which really ties into that five element theory. And we're going to touch on both today. I love it. And just to like add on to what you talked about with the three things to be grateful for. I I love doing like three different things every day. I think it can be easy to be like friends, family, my house, but you dove into it and you got a little bit deeper and, and then it doesn't just seem like, you're going through the motions like you're actually feeling that space of gratitude 
Definitely. Yeah. It's hard to think of different things each day. I've, I've struggled with it some days, you know, when you have a crap Absolutely. day, you're like, I hate everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. I like doing that. We should do different things. And um, I hope everyone can take a moment, whether pause the podcast and just think of something you're grateful for. Um, it's easy to do in a car ride, too, if you're listening to podcasts when you're driving to work. Um, all right. So let's dive yeah, into let's the meat. Right into it. <laughs> yeah. um, so something else we wanted to touch on just because of the climate of everything today and with Black Lives Matter, um, I think people are beginning to become more aware of what we say, how we act, um, actions we take or we don't take um, for all people. And especially with what we're talking about today and the medicine I'm in, I'm in acupuncture and oriental medicine or Chinese medicine or East Asian medicine. Um, and Brittany is also a teacher of shiatsu and other traditional Chinese medicine theories. Um, we just wanted to say that we understand that as white women, we don't understand everything. And, and I can't speak for you, Britt, but this is what I'm saying for myself. Yeah, um, we, talk, we talked about this. So yeah. Totally. Okay. Um, that we're very hyper aware that this medicine that we teach and we practice is not our medicine. That this comes from centuries, like thousands of years um, from you know, China and East Asia. I mean, it's not just China, the Silk Road, you know, we have influences from India, we have influences from Japan, Korea. So uh, we're hyper aware that um, this is not our medicine and we try to honor the people that it came from. Um, and even if we don't know exactly how, that's something that we will be learning for the rest of our lives and implementing as best we can. Um, and the other thing to be aware of, especially just for us learning it, is that these books that we're reading from are usually translations from old texts in China, but they're translated by these white guys from America, usually. It's a typical situation. So a lot of things do get lost in translation. Um, and I had the honor in school to be taught by um, a professor who is from China. So I feel like I get to see it through her eyes too. And she's always like, well, they didn't translate it quite right. You know, they're like, it doesn't exactly mean that. Um, and it's hard to translate from a, a different language as well. Um, but to be aware that they, they have influence in these books. So just knowing that um, we try to do our best with honoring the medicine and how we describe it. Um, but we can only do so much right now. And hopefully down the road, we can get more authentic translations um, that represent the medicine even better. So I yeah, just wanted to say that. You described that perfectly. And I really just think that making that point of getting things lost in translation, like sometimes there's not even a word right. that matches up in the English language um, mm -hmm. for what's being described. So the more aware that we are of that, the better off we are. And then the more we can use like our intuition and our knowledge to put the pieces of the puzzle together and, and be okay with knowing that they're not all going to fit or be there. Yeah, for sure. All right. Get that heavy stuff out of the way. Um, yes. And 
So now we're talking about five element theory. And I think, I know for me, I wanted to dive more into yin yang first because Mm -hmm. that's kind of, I feel like people think of Chinese medicine, of acupuncture, we think of the yin yang symbol. Um, I know that was like big in the 90s, everyone was wearing them. Um, And for starters, that symbol is actually called the Taiji symbol, which I did not know until I went to school. and often you think of Taiji, you think of like the exercise or um, kind of mixed martial arts type thing. But that's actually the name of the symbol. Um, and I don't know how, I mean, Britt would be really good at teaching this because she does, she actually does teach this stuff. Um, but what I think of yin yang is, um, I know in school, I don't know if you still teach it this way, the whole um, mountain with the sunny side and the shadowed side. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'll let Britt talk about that because she's really good at that. But for me, I just like listing the traits of yin and yang. I think that was helpful for me. So yin is definitely more female. We think of more cold, kind of damp, dark, winter, um, stillness, introvert, um, while yang is the opposite. So that would be more summer, fire, warmth, movement, um, has more male properties. It's more extrovert. So right now we are in that yang energy um and if you want to talk about the the whole mountain thing so people can yeah. get a picture of it yeah so as you're saying nicole the mountain is to be looked at to compare to the yin yang symbol and anything that's like on the sunny side of the mountain is going to be more yang where is on the shady side where the sun doesn't shine maybe down into the valley that's going to be more yin so we see things like mosses and again with the dampness and dark um that's where we're gonna maybe just be more slow moving the plants aren't gonna grow as high they might be more ground covering and then when we look to the sunny side of the mountain that's where we're going to see live animals running around and frolicking in the sun and the plants grow taller towards the sun there's usually like less water in that area because of the sun shining. Um, and, and just in general, there's more life. And I, I don't know if like life is the best way to describe it, but there's like more movement, yeah, there's more, movement. more energy moving. And I love that example of the Tai Chi, the symbol, because it shows us though that there are not these absolutes. And we'll see that in reference to the mountain too. Like, it's not like you don't ever see water on the sunny side of the mountain. And it's not like you don't ever see light side. And when we think of that Tai Chi symbol, there's the black side and the white side. And then there's the white within the black and then the black within the white. So that just goes to show that nothing is absolute. Everything is is transforming into something else and everything has a piece of something else and I always like to think of like when the day ends and it starts to turn to night like it doesn't automatically just go black like we have that transition period and the same thing in the sun rising in the morning it doesn't just all of a sudden come up um, and it's just light out like we have that um, dawn moment so I think that the Tai Chi symbol does a great job explaining the yin yang concept. And I know like as teaching my students, like we can become 
very and this might just be like our American culture but very stuck on like these absolutes so yin is only feminine but we know that even females have testosterone going through their bodies it's not like we're just purely only feminine um and I've even seen it a lot of times as like yin is the good yang is the bad and it is nice when you're studying to have these ideas but when we start to just put them in a box and think that they can't come outside of that box um that's where things can really get lost in translation so I think it's important to remember that although there are a lot of opposites in life we can only truly appreciate opposites when we have something to compare them to and knowing that even though something is opposite, there's going to be similarities. There's going to be overlap. Yeah, definitely. The it's you said it perfectly that yin and yang are constantly transforming into each other. There's never like to give for example, we just went through summer solstice. Mm-hmm. So summer solstice is the highest yang. That is the most yang. But even within that, we have a little bit of yin. And we are now transforming into the yin part, even though it's kind of funny how we think of this as like, oh, summer is just beginning. Um, Spring really is the transition from yin into yang. So yang is actually building all through spring and it heightens at the summer solstice, which is usually the 20th or 21st of June. Um, It's your longest day of the year. The sun is out the longest amount of time. And then we're now transitioning back into yin. Now the sun is starting to set a little earlier incrementally um, until we get into the fall when you kind of really notice it. And um, this transformation happens on macroscopic scales like we see with the weather and each day to microscopic scales um, within our bodies. And that's really the part of five element theory is that whatever's happening in nature is also happening in our bodies they that's how they kind of figured out this medicine is looking to nature and how it uh, you know represented itself in our bodies because we are nature um and some an exercise also that my teacher taught me to think more outside the box like you said Britt with yin and yang is thinking like okay let's take the ocean for example would you say that's yin or yang I would say probably young, right? Like it's very moving. There's a lot of going on. It's high energy. But when you break it down, is the sun more young than the water? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, water's Mm -hmm. cold, water's damp, Hmm, but it is moving. But the sun is very young. Then you can break it down. Is the sand more young or yin than the water? Like it's, you can just break them down into these tiny pieces and you kind of have this battle within your head because you're like, I don't really know because there's always yin within the yang and yang within the yin. Um, Yeah. And I think when you look at the big picture, it can seem like really simple. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to like break it down, like you said, that's when it gets to be more complex. And that's when we start to see that transformation of both yin and yang within whatever we're analyzing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it, I thought it was quite basic when I went to school. I don't know about you, Britt, but then the more I learn about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like genius. It's so complex and beautiful. And like, it just right. explains so much in such simple ways, but it's also not simple. It It's just mind-blowing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and it's hard for us to, like, ever oversimplify things, and then you don't want to, like, oversimplify it in the sense of, like, you're not giving enough credit to the people who right. created these theories. But, yeah, it's really cool stuff to really start to analyze. And 
I love looking at it from like our body perspective too. And this is kind of a good way to transition into the five element theory mm-hmm. is because all of our organs in our body have these yin and yang counterparts. Yep. So like, for example, we look at the stomach and the stomach is very young. Um, and then it's yin counterpart is the spleen. And I mean, we could spend hours just talking about the differences between the organs right. and what makes them yin and what makes them young. But it's very, if we look at it on that bigger grand scheme of things, our yin organs are typically these solid organs that produce vital substances. And then our young organs are hollow and typically um, substances are passing through them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I just love it. I love to be able to have emotions or feelings within my body and then start to analyze them and wonder, okay, maybe what organ here is out of balance and then maybe I can nourish that counterpart organ. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, okay, five element theory. I got stuck. Yes. Um, yeah, the thing about five element theory is I didn't realize because I had learned we had learned in massage school like um, the different elements and like what they represent in the body, um, but I didn't really realize until I went to acupuncture school like how much information they got from nature. Like we look at um, our veins and our arteries and blood flow through our bodies. And they figured that out because they were looking at rivers and streams and, you know, seas and ponds and how they flow into each other. And it's very similar to, you know, our bodies and how the blood flows and the lymph flows through our system. Um, so it's really not far-fetched. People think, okay, yeah, sure, they, they you know, use the nature. Sure, yeah, they did. But they really did, and it's very similar. I mean, as I said, we are of nature, so it just makes sense that we're built the same. Yeah, and as much as, like, I do sometimes dislike where I live because of the cold winters, <laughs> I have a greater appreciation, too, of the seasons and how we have these, like, seasons in our bodies throughout the year as well or without our throughout our lifetime Um, and that ties into the five element theory too and just how it's okay to feel different certain times of the year and and to have more energy to do stuff in the summertime and then to go inward in the wintertime and I, I would be curious to know like what it's like for other people who don't live where the seasons are so drastic as they are for us Um, but as I have gotten more into this, I've come to respect that more and to utilize the seasons to implement my self care, um, to make decisions, to do all the things. Yeah, for sure. You make, bring up a good point that too, like, I think it was only just this year that I realized like, so winter is the yin. That's when you're supposed to be very introverted. Like all the animals hibernate. So you're supposed to stay inward, stay inside, you know, nourish yourself, um, do a lot of self-awareness and self-care stuff. Um, and I'm realizing like, no wonder people are so exhausted in our community and in our world because we're just go, go, go all the time, no matter the season. So I actually started taking the winter as time for like, you know what, I don't want to do much. Like even 
with like regular stuff around the house, I'm just not going to do it as much as I do in the summer because I don't have the energy and I'm not supposed to have that energy that's reserved for the young time of year when the sun is giving us that energy, when, you know, the warm weather is giving us that energy. So in the winter, I just, I give myself grace to just do what I need to yeah, in the winter and, think, and what I'm supposed to. And I think um, just like what goes on in the winter is like, we might not see that growth uh, from the outside, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, flourishing gardens and things like that. Right. But there's still stuff happening under the surface. So I do like to take the winter time now to work like on that internal work for yourself and to, to take more time maybe for you, but you're, you're still going inward and you're still maybe not running around all the time. Right. Yeah. And I think people will definitely just have more energy in general when they're taking that time to slow down and, then, you know, your summer, you're not going to be so exhausted. And, you know, it's just, I think now looking at it, I'm like, why doesn't this make more sense to more people? <laughs> like, why aren't we realizing this? Like take cues from your nature that we need to slow down at some Absolutely. point. I mean, it's... the snow is on the ground and right? it's making us drive slower. And it's, you know, there's all these signs to look at, to just let us know and cue into those little gentle nudges what we could do exactly um did you want to talk about let's like say what the elements are because this can actually be something because I thought like oh air earth water fire no it's not the same thing yeah Um, so we have the five elements obviously in five element theory we have uh metal water earth fire and I Wood. Am I forgetting wood? Oh my gosh! Yeah. I always forget one. It always yes. happens. Um, and I don't know. You're better at explaining this, but do you want to talk about like the kind of how they're arranged and how they transform into each other? Yeah. Um. So I mean, we don't have to do too much of a deep dive on yeah. just a glance over everything, and and I like to think of it as, and this is just the way I teach it. Like I like to put it into perspective this way, but they all transform into each other, but they're all created by one another too. So for example, um, if we think of fire and the way that fire just burns, we have a flame and as those ashes fall to the earth, um, and that's what makes up our ground that we walk on the soil where those debris coming from the fire within the earth, we have, elements we have metals we have um minerals and that's what we think of as that metal element and within that metal we can break it down even further to single atoms and and all of that and that brings us to the water so it's like breaking down from that metal we get the water And then water, we know we need to nourish our plants and our vegetation. And so that will be considered the wood element. And then the wood element ultimately is how we can create fire, whether we're rubbing together two sticks or some wood with a little flint or whatever the case is. Um, And so now we're back to fire. So that's kind of like how they all transform into each other. I'm sorry, that's how they all create one another Mm -hmm. and then when it comes to transformation um we think of 
again, back at the top with fire. Fire can melt metal and transform metal into something else. Um, And then that metal can chop wood. It can cut the trees. It can cut the grasses with the metal. Um, And then when we have our wood, how it transforms into the earth or the roots that go into the ground and it creates um, change and transformation into the earth. And then ultimately, like, Earth basically controls and transforms water and the direction of water. But we know water is also, like, very powerful and that that can change and create um, different patterns in the Earth, too. And then water can control and transform fire um, by extinguishing it. So I hope that that kind of just gave, like, a little quick overview of, like, how they create each other, how they can transform each other and how they're in all aspects of our life. And and that five element theory doesn't just like make up, you know, the world around us, but it's within us too. And each element has a set of organs that are associated with it. And I don't know, growing up um, just with a normal public education, like I wasn't really taught that the organs like did anything or controlled anything other than like, what we just saw in the textbook like I knew the kidneys were to filter and I knew like the stomach digested your food large intestine you know was going to control your poop but like that was pretty much my understanding of the organs like they had this physiological purpose I didn't understand that there was like this emotional um, spiritual layer to the organs too and we'll get into that a little bit more in a few minutes but each element correlates with a couple of organs. So I'll just list them off quickly um, just so we have a better awareness of that. So our metal element is associated with the lungs and the large intestine. This has a lot to do with bringing things in and letting things go. We think of the way we breathe air. Um, We also can think of like our large intestine is what's going to, again, have to do with elimination. With water, we have, okay, this is funny, but my dog just farted as I said that. So, <laughs> I take a moment there to laugh about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So with water, we have our kidneys and our urinary bladder. I think that makes a lot of sense um, from that physiological, physical standpoint. Right. Wood is associated with the liver and the gallbladder. Fire is associated with the four organs um the heart and the small intestine and then these two funky organs that we don't talk about in western medicine which are the triple heater and the pericardium and then earth is associated with the spleen and the stomach so right now we're definitely in our young season so i do think it's important that we talk more on that but was there like anything in particular like about the organs or or any of that that you wanted to bring up before we move into focusing on fire and in in particular um I just think the only thing that with five element theory that like really amazes well I guess with Chinese medicine in general um I feel like Western medicine has figured out how organs are connected and work together. But then when it comes to like their medical practice, it's so cut up. And so like 
taken away from each other. Like we have specialties, which is great. And it really helps with diagnosing certain things, but we like take an organ and we completely separate it from the body and, you know, only look at that. Whereas in five element theory with everything, with these organs assigned to these elements and how Brittany said, how they transform into each other and how they engender each other or create each other, it shows you how everything is connected. And so we use these, it's only one subset or one theory of the medicine that we can, the, or the lens that we can look through to diagnose, but, um, you know, using that and seeing how everything's connected, we go, okay, um, you know, the liver is affected and it's the wood element. Well, maybe it's the, um, uh, what would control that metal Metal mm-hmm. control? Yep. Metal. metal. Maybe it's the metal over-controlling the wood. And it's this imbalance of these two organs. And just the same as, like, for me, the only thing I can think of right now is, like, hormones. Sometimes, you know, your um, adrenals are off, and that's actually affecting your thyroid. And that's why you have hypo or hyperthyroid is because it's really coming from your adrenals or vice versa. So, it's just something I think Western medicine's catching up to finally is like starting to get into that. And they're starting to see this more and more. And which is, I think it's going to like revolutionize our medical system and it's going to, you know, just push us even farther into the future. And we're going to be much better looking at it this way. That's why I love Chinese medicine is because they've been looking at it in that way for thousands of years. And that's why it gets such good results. Um, And so I just want people to like kind of understand that this element theory, even though it seems kind of weird and disassociated from the body, that it's just bringing everything together and um, allowing you to see how everything works together within your body. Yeah. And I think it's all about looking at the big picture, the little picture, putting them together, looking at like different avenues that you can um, take to approach the situation and I love watching my students try to like oversimplify it in the beginning and then Mm -hmm. they realize that there isn't just one path that has to go on to balance the chi or the energy in the body that they can take different routes to get to a similar result Um, and each person is just going to be so different too on, and what's going on with them from physical, spiritual, emotional levels. And I think we're finally just getting to this point in modern medicine where there is a deeper appreciation and understanding for the toll that emotions play Mm -hmm. in our lives. And I do think it is like that chicken or the egg scenario too, of what came first, like did you have the out of balance organ first or was it the emotion that was out of balance first? Was it something that was passed on to you from generations previous from your ancestors or was it something that you established in your lifetime and just trying to get to the root of all of the, maybe whatever, if you want to call them problems, right? then we can start to explore different avenues to take to maybe get to a similar result. And I think that the more we as a medical community understand that there are no absolutes, but there's also a lot of ways that we can get to the same conclusion and and we start to bring in this five element theory. Um, It does really make things 
makes sense. For sure. Yeah. It is a great, it's like, just brings everything together. And the more you study it and look at it, the definitely the more it makes sense too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we wanted to focus today just for time's sake on um, the fire element and kind of what that means because we are um, feeling that more so right now as we're in summer and the most young part. Yeah. And I think it'll be um, fun in the future too, to kind of go back and, and review this and do something for each element or each season that we're in. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's talk about the fire element and just yep. what it is, why um, it ties in with this young time right now. It really represents like love, connection, self-expression. Oftentimes, if there is an imbalance, whether it's in the heart, the triple heater, the pericardium, the small intestine, um, we're going to see some isolation, maybe withdrawal from just in general, like wanting to be around people, a lack of passion and purpose, maybe even experiencing like a lack of joy or loneliness. And we really want to, at this time, try to be out in the sun as often as we can, Um, you know, mindful. I'm not saying go out and get sunburned. Um, (laughs) Please wear your sunscreen. (laughs) Right. I think this is a great time, though, to, like, take your nail polish off and let your fingers soak up that vitamin d we actually absorb a lot more vitamin d through our fingernails our toenails than we do throughout the rest of our body so give yourself that chance to get outside 10-15 minutes a day minimum and expose yourself um, mindfully to the sun i also really think this is a good time to like be around friends and family like even if you are just an introverted person or you are a social person make this a commitment throughout the summer to be around people that bring you joy that you enjoy being around maybe doesn't mean that you can physically be with them but you are getting on a zoom call with them or you know you're just connecting in groups or doing things to get yourself out of isolation you want at this point in the year to be more social than you are at other times um I also like love surrounding myself with flowers uh, whether it's just wildflowers growing or I'm growing some in my garden or whatever the case is because to me that helps like open up my heart I start smelling those smells and it just like I don't know. It makes me like want to radiate towards that. Um, and, and maybe this is something like other people experience too, but I just know that like, I love to surround myself with nature, with the flowers this time of year. I mean, I like them all the time, but Mm -hmm. just when they're growing naturally out of the ground, they're not just like cut in a grocery store or something like that. Um, so I just wanted to talk really quick on that too, when it comes to flowers and, I love essential oils and I love implementing them in each day for my self care and the flower oils are what we're going to like want to use and focus on this time of year when it comes to nourishing our heart. And you can actually apply those oils right over your heart space. So when I say like heart space, I mean like your sternum, 
um, area, like that area underneath your collarbone or clavicle, um, heart space over the breast, like that entire area is going to be our heart space. And the oils that I love to use to enhance the spire element, um, jasmine, neroli, rose, lavender, um, and ylang-ylang. Also, wild orange um, is a good summertime oil, too. Um, And I do just want to, like, speak on really quick, like, the quality of essential oils are really important. Um, Again, we could, like, do a whole episode on this, but you just want to make sure that you're using high-quality, like, certified, pure, therapeutic, essential-grade essential oils. Um, And then when you are applying them directly to your skin, you want to ensure that you're using a carrier oil, like coconut oil or almond oil or jojoba. So that way you can spread them out over a larger space, put them right on your heart. Um, And if you are using any citrus oils, especially in the summertime, it does make our skin a little more photosensitive. So I wouldn't like put them on and then go right out in the sun because you might burn um but yeah other than that essential oils are a great way to help open up that heart space physically mentally emotionally and I really like to apply them on my body this time of year versus like diffusing because I've got my windows open and you can't really fully enjoy like a diffuser I think in the summertime so it's nice to just apply them right to your body yeah yeah, sounds nice. I'll have to yeah. try those. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. And I know that, like, I live in a space where I can do this, but, like, just being able to, like, get outside and, you know, maybe if it's even for a couple minutes, but just, like, letting yourself get exposed to the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I do think it's important that all parts of our body get to see the sun once in a while, so... Just yeah. if you're able to do that. Right. Consider <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not in an area, but <laughs> I definitely loved running around in my diaper when I was little. So outside. right, right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, I, the, the, the fire and heart, well, heart, small intestine and the other um, organs are so important. Um, and sometimes there's the other end of it. Cause you'd kind of talked about what happens when like, there's not enough um, and like the pathology of that, but sometimes there can be too much and you can sometimes see this in the summertime because it, it is um, uh, such a young time and it's such a young element that it can almost become too much for it. If you have an, um, an imbalance in there and you have more fire, you have more young in your body naturally um, for some people it can come out as like over laughing or laughing inappropriately at times. Um, the, the emotion for fire is joy and yeah, we can have too much joy. I kind of like using the example, if anyone's ever seen that movie, um, Oh gosh, now I'm blanking on the movie. It's a kid's movie and it's about emotions and I can't think of it now, but I'll, I'll think of it later. And okay. it's really good about talking about how we can't have joy without sadness and anger and grief and all the, it's like almost like five element emotions because there's emotion for each element and that they all need to be in balance. And when we're little, I think we always have like all this joy, you know, but as we get older, 
we kind of, we can't have joy all the time. It's, it's pathological when we do, um, you know, there is some, such a thing as like too much of a good thing. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, when that sounds negative, it's really not. Um, we need all the emotions to be well balanced, to be human. Um, yeah. So, but we can see this kind of like too much um, yang yeah. in the fire element. And sometimes it come out and their teachers were talking about like, when you see a disruption or an imbalance in the heart, you see kind of like mental, mental illness, like severe mental illness. Like, you know, when you're in New York city or on the subway, you're like, don't look that person in the eye because you know, there's something not quite yeah. right. And you see it in their eye and you, they kind of like, they're sticking out their tongue and they kind of look a little crazed that in, you know, in five element theory, everything's a diagnosis. Everything's a pattern. That's what I love about it. It's not, they're crazy forever. It's, oh, they just have a heart imbalance. Like we just need to balance them out. Um, they have a little bit too young in their heart and it's like kind of on fire. Um, so I just like to speak to that because sometimes we think of when it's lacking, but it can be an excess and a balance is always of, you know, one or the other. So, um, I think that's a great point. Yeah. And, I, and I know a lot of people use comedy to cope. And mm-hmm. I love watching like a funny movie or a stand-up routine. Uh, but I also can appreciate that there's not always like a space for joy and humor. Maybe you're talking to your friends about something serious and then you want to make light of the situation. And you right. bring up a joke and then maybe sometimes it works, but then other times it can be like, are you even listening to what I'm saying? Like, why are you making a joke of this? Mm -hmm. And once we start to understand that balance and that it's okay to not be in joy all the time, that it's actually uh, detrimental to our health that we're not, Mm -hmm. then we can appreciate those other emotions. And maybe joy is one of your favorite emotions and you savor it and you hold on to it, but you understand that, it's temporary, just like everything else in life. Just like exactly. the summer doesn't last forever. Right. Um, and I just find that even now, and I've always used humor to cope. And now I have a greater appreciation that like, I don't have to fill that awkward space, like in a conversation with somebody by just like making a joke or um, laughing when things are funny. I always was a nervous laugher. Mm-hmm. But once you start to be more aware of that, you realize that what you're doing, you know, isn't always conducive. But again, right. it's, a, it's a symptom or a sign and you take it and you listen to it too. Yeah, but I do. I do find that the more we can appreciate all of our emotions, just the more balanced we're going to be in general. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And I was just to say um, for people that are really into nutrition, which everyone should be, um, Mm -hmm. there are certain foods that help with when, you know, when that, when it's really hot out, when it's really young, like summer season foods that also help with the balancing out the fire element. Um, So there's a different, differences between um, cold foods, like physically cold foods and foods that are cooling in nature. So we have foods like um, watermelon, which actually is one of our herbs we use in Chinese medicine. It's usually more the rind part, but it's called shi gua. And watermelon is a great food for like cooling down in the heat, like that really intense heat of the summer, because even if it's not from the refrigerator and physically cold, 
the watermelon itself is very cooling because it's think about it, it's a lot of water. So you're kind of squelching the fire with the water of the watermelon is what I think about. Um, other foods too that are really good to eat more so in the summer versus probably don't eat them in the winter because they might damage your other organs because they are cold are like mint or green tea, um, lighter foods like your celeries and all your vegetables, um, celery, dill, cucumber. Um, and the other thing that really helps and is usually cooling in nature are bitter foods. There's really good for the heart um, and the fire element to help um, nourish it and kind of keep it in balance. So, um, and I know in American culture, we don't love bitter foods because we are so highly sugared out that mm -hmm. <laughs> um, bitter foods taste pretty gross to us. Um, but the more you eat them, the more you, you get used to it and it actually doesn't taste bad at all. <laughs> yeah, and what would be like some examples of bitter foods that we oh, could get our hands on? You know, it's a tough one because I can't think of any off the top of my head. I can, it's bad because well, I can only no, think of, or I, I can only think of my herbs that are bitter right, right now. Um, well, I know, I, oh, I'll say, I know coffee is bitter, yeah. but coffee you don't want to over consume mm -hmm. that because those are both heat engendering. Um, yeah. I've also like always wondered about like leafy greens too, um, oh. because they do have that bitter taste. So I was wondering like, if this is a good time of year to be eating like raw or like very slightly cooked, um, bitter, like yeah. greens. Yeah. I'm actually, I was just looking it up too, because I'm like, why don't I know this? Um, but bitter. Yeah. You're right. Like kale and collards and mustard greens, um, arugula, even celery, I guess is better. Um, those types of things. And in Chinese medicine, we want to be wary about eating completely raw foods all the time. The mm -hmm. time to eat them is definitely the summer mm -hmm. um, because of the heat. Um, but in general, if we eat too much raw foods, we can actually in, um, harm the spleen and the stomach, which are our digestive organs. And it can cause things like diarrhea and bloating and pain in the stomach area. So um, sometimes I like to just like lightly saute things, like not fully cook, but lightly saute. Or I like to really like um, roast vegetables are really good in the summer. It's delicious. If you yeah. Roast vegetables. Um, I love just putting them on the grill too. This time oh my God. Yeah. So good. Um, but yeah, the bitter, as you said, are like the, the dark leafy greens are um, slightly better too. So um, those are really good to add into your diet in the summer, which I think most people yeah. do. What about like fruits? Are there like any like fruits mm -hmm. that we should maybe focus on consuming more in the summer yeah. or just in general think... should like we only eat fruit in the summer or what do you think? Um, well, you want to definitely eat vegetables and not just fruit cause it's a lot of sugar, but, mm -hmm. um, I just try to eat with the season too. Like what's naturally, you know, what would naturally be growing right now. So you have all your berries, like your strawberries, yeah. um, blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, um, and then nectarines and peaches and stuff like things that have a lot of like juice to them are really good because that's, you know, I, the water is like a very yin nourishing and you don't want to like cool down. So um, things that have like a lot of juice in them when you eat them are really good to help like cool down your body and keep it in balance with the young of the summer. Awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. Well, I think we've given a lot of information and some ways that we can apply the five element theory, especially in the summertime. Um, And I think in the future, we should do some more episodes like dedicated on this just because there's so much to talk about. Mm -hmm. We could definitely do like each element too. I think people would like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to a lot to learn and there's a lot more than what we just talked about to go in depth into each element and each um, organ. Um, but we hope you guys really enjoyed what we talked about today and we would love it if you reached out to us and told us, you know, what you liked about it and what you'd like to know more about it because it, we can go so deep into it um, and talk so much more about it. Um, but we hope that you guys learned a lot especially about the this time of year in the summer and can apply some of these things to your life to live a more balanced life absolutely thank you so much thank you bye hey guys if you want to get more information and stay in touch you can find us on instagram at in touch podcast and you can also follow us on our personal accounts nicole is at at Essence Acupuncture, that's E-S-S-E-N-C-E, Acupuncture, and Brittany can be found at Balanced Britta, that's B-R-I-T-T-A, Balanced Britta. Thanks. Thanks.